Hey St. John, welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Delia and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey Deaconess. How are you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? Doing okay, it's a rainy day, but... It is a rainy Monday for sure. Let's discuss your sermon from Sunday. What was the text that you preached on? This is 1 Samuel chapter 17 and it's near the end of the chapter, uh, the moment where David faces off against Goliath and kills Goliath and wins. And this is the first time you've preached on this, right? I, that's a good question. Uh, maybe back when we did the story a few years ago, I might have uh, done something with David and Goliath. But uh, yeah, at this, I don't recall. Pre- you know, this doesn't come up in the lectionary all that often, at least the, the three-year lectionary. But in the one year, it can for the first Sunday of Lent. Right. I just remember maybe a month ago just how excited you were to see that this was one of the options for the Old Testament reading. Yeah, yeah, looking ahead and planning preaching, I uh, politely told the vicar, I'm, I'm preaching Lent 1, <laughs> right. so I could do this text, yeah. Right. Um, so then, tell me, what was the central teaching of your sermon? Uh, the central teaching of the sermon is that Jesus, the son of David, is victorious. So Jesus is victorious over specifically whom? Uh, over our enemy, the devil. Enemy. Okay, so this is a big thing in your sermon that I thought would be really interesting to discuss. Um, You made a distinction between um, people we perceive to be our enemies. Maybe those are people we're in conflict with or unbelievers and how that's, they're actually not our enemies, right? You would say maybe our enemy, uppercase E, would be Satan. I think that's going to be a really helpful way to think through this because scripture does speak in terms of enemy. Uh, Psalm 59, for instance, which I cited in the sermon, uh, the first verse, uh, David says, this is the psalm where you know Saul had sent men to watch over David's house to kill him. So verse one, Psalm 59, deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. So, I mean, even David's dropping the word enemies here, and I knew that. And so what I wanted to do was really lean into that idea from Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And just reminding us uh, when we put on the full armor of God that as we fight the good fight as Christians, who is our foe? And it is the devil. Uh, The old evil foes we sang in a mighty fortress right before the sermon in each service. And so one way to think of it is who is the enemy, capital E, and are there lowercase enemies? Well, granted, um, but in the true sense of the word enemy, we really only have one. And this one has co-opted uh, so many others um, against the faith and against us. Okay, so just to clarify, when you or in the Psalms, when it does speak of enemies, whether that's David or another psalmist, he is talking about specific people, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's talking about, at least in the case of Psalm 59, uh, those who are trying to kill him that Saul had sent. So he is talking about enemies in one sense, but you're trying to get us to look past that to like like a fuller sense that that our true enemy then is is the devil. Yes, and it's because of things like the Ephesians reference. Or as we were talking about before a podcast, you mentioned Jesus saying, love your enemies. Or Christ on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Or Stephen, when he is being stoned at the end of Acts chapter 7, as Paul's making sure no one's cloaks are stolen, he echoes the prayer of his Savior that the Lord would forgive those who are killing him. 
even when we face those that we would label as lower case E enemies, Christ has bled and died for them too. The son of David lives today to bring them into his army and into his ranks as well. And so even as we uh, deal with our enemies, work against, even at times have to fight against, we know it's they're not the real enemy, but rather have been misguided or co-opted or, or led astray by the enemy. And so to never lose sight of that. Something you just mentioned, and I'm glad you did because I want us to talk about it. Um, you mentioned being in the army of God, and this was a big part of your sermon as well. Um, you said, by virtue of your baptism, you are soldiers in the army of God. Can you expand on that? Uh, yeah, so this is a very common theme in scripture. Uh, Ephesians 6, again, putting on the full armor of God. Uh, we had a different option for an epistle reading yesterday. It would have been Hebrews 4 about the word of God being this sword, right? This double-edged sword. Uh, when we sing the Sanctus in the worship service, you know, holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, it's not that we had a typo in the bulletin for it's weeks. It's Sabbath. In, right, it's not a typo. <laughs> um, it's referring to the Hebrew word um, Zavah or Zavaoth, which refers to armies or ranks. When we think of the Christmas story, when the angel appears to the shepherds out in the fields, and then you get, you know, and then this angel is joined by the heavenly hosts, uh, it's 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 a syn- it's a synonym word. It's not just like a bunch of people. It's the armies of the angelic armies are gathered. No wonder the shepherds were uh, really afraid and needed to be told, "Do not be afraid." And so yeah. we uh, even use and we use terms too, like spiritual warfare. Yes, right. Like this isn't. I think this is something we hear more often than we realize. Right about being part of this this battle. Um, and being, I guess, yeah, like you said, soldiers in yes. God's army. Yeah, yeah. And this idea of being um, soldiers in the army of God, uh, we are enlisted into God's army. He's the God of armies. Uh, we, we sing this in the late service, you know, whom shall I fear? You know, the God of angel armies is always by my side. Um, we, are, we are in this. And this idea of the church militant, uh, can that be overplayed and, and misused? Certainly. But it's also wrong to ignore this as well, since it's so replete throughout Scripture. And uh, yeah, we are to fight the good fight. Um, Arm of God, keep watch, stay awake. Uh, common theme in the Old Testament: the watchmen, right? You know, these soldiers, you know, posted on the city wall, keeping watch away from the enemies at night. Um, this is this is part of the task of the of the Christian life. We fight the good fight. And I would say against the devil but also like against our own sinful flesh right we're fighting that fight yeah yeah and that was something i could have done with the sermon was i could have done like the who are our enemies you know sin our flesh our sinful flesh right um the devil and then the world around us is temptation i could have gone that direction but i really just wanted to focus in on the devil especially since you have jesus you know being tempted by the devil and uh david and goliath is a really nice uh you know, prefiguring of of the fight and the war. Yeah, so you brought up David and Goliath more towards the end of your sermon, but I mean, you can tell right at the beginning when you're talking about this war, this battle. I mean, how can you not think of the Old Testament reading too? Um, so you mentioned Goliath being 
or how did you word it? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how to best word it. I referred to him as like this embodiment of Satan. I knew you said embodiment. Yeah, okay. yeah, because because uh, I had you know David That's this pre. I said yeah, David this prefigured Christ, but I couldn't say like Goliath this prefigured Satan. I, I don't think that I mean Satan's already around, right? You know, and you know, of course, the Son of God's eternal, right? But you just don't have the incarnation. All right, anyways, um, but but basically, you know, there are these moments in Scripture that remind us of the real war and the real conflict. And David and Goliath is a really nice illustration and real story that happened. There was a real Goliath that was really killed by the real David. And yet this is pointing forward towards uh, the Lord Jesus, who will have ultimate victory over the old ancient foe, the devil. I like too, that you mentioned that this David and Goliath story, um, people tend to think, Oh, like if you can be the David and, you know, try to use the story more for, for self-help or for um, a sports game or, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. And it's still kind of putting it on ourselves, which cheapens the story. So I appreciate how you brought it back to Christ, Christ being at the center of it. Yeah, I know I had that paragraph about that. And that was a thought of maybe just do a whole sermon, kind of that, like what David Goliath is not about. And and so I could have done the, you know, our flesh, the devil, the world is our enemies. I could have done the how we misread David and Goliath, but I really liked this idea of why don't we just identify who is our enemy, and that is the devil, and by part of identifying who is our enemy, we're also identifying who is not, and knowing that David is dealing with Saul, you have demoralized Israel, uh, we very often will give other folks the label enemy, but in the true sense of the word, they're not. They're, they, are, they are people for whom Christ bled, died, and rose for, and we we need to regard them as such, even as they act out in, in sinful wickedness and will even and will even kill Christ, will even kill Stephen, and will even hurt us in ways, and yet the the love and the regard we have for them uh, mirrors the love and regard that their Savior still has for them too. So in your sermon, you brought up a scene from the movie Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Um and I just I thought the example you had there was was really nice about this i think it was pointing to the confusion that we have about like who our enemy is do you want to just briefly summarize what that scene was that you that you had in your sermon yeah so i just stumbled across this uh movie factoid uh recently and it's just really stuck with me and so it's the movie opens with the the storming of the beaches of normandy i mean it's d-day and if there's any moment um in the history of warfare where it's really clear like who's on the right side and who's on the wrong side. I mean, I mean, World War II, the Western Front is, is a really obvious place to turn to. Uh, you have this moment where you're storming the beaches, you move up from the, the beaches and you're starting to get into the entrenched position there and you have some American soldiers that come across a couple of enemy soldiers uh, and they're surrendering, you know, hands up and all this. They're speaking another language, the American soldiers kill them and, you know, continue on with, with, the, with the movie. Uh, what it turns out, and this is the factoid, is that those surrendering soldiers were not speaking German, they were speaking Czech. And that means they were not necessarily Nazis and were likely forcibly conscripted after their country had been conquered and then shipped off to the French coast to fight. And Spielberg doesn't put a subtitle in it because they're saying all this in Czech. And Spielberg doesn't put a subtitle in for you, the viewer, to know that. And even if you turn on subtitles, from what I understand, it's not even there too. It's one of those moments when you realize that just how 
awful and vile and messy something like warfare can be. And absolutely the decisions have to be made in a split second. Like I'm not, we're not going to get into that per se, but I think this is just a really visceral demonstration of how uh, the devil turns us against each other in such awful ways. And if you were to say, well, who's the big enemy of World War II? Well, you'd say, well, Hitler. Well, then the Third Reich or, or Nazis. And then you have situations like this too. Are, are these folks really, you know, down to these two Czech soldiers, are they enemy in the true sense of the word? I thought that was just a really visceral illustration and to open us up as we head into things like our family and those in our families that are um, have abandoned the faith and how we have to interact with them and, and how do we speak the truth in love and yet how do we not give the devil an inch in his schemes? Uh, how do we deal with uh, other groups that violently attack Christians? Because it happens all the time across the world. Uh, a good place to go with reference is uh, The Voice of the Martyrs is a, is a wonderful publication and resource that catalogs these things and shares and how do we care for Christians in really unsafe situations in the world, and yet the gospel is for those unsafe situations too, and for those people who are attacking Christians. And even just within the church, how easily we can tear apart each other over such minor and insignificant and also significant matters too. And I thought the illustration of Private Ryan uh, was a way to kind of invite us into just the messiness of this. It's not just clearly right and wrong, but um, man, the evil foe is so good at turning us against each other. Yeah, I like that. You mentioned it's not black or white, right or wrong, that there's that it can create that conflict within our conscience and it, it can be, it, it, like you said, it's messy. It's, it's not easy for us to always discern, you know, what, what's going on in the situation and how, how to even regard the person who is maybe hurting us or slandering against us. Like, yeah, that can be, that can be hard, but yeah. I'm even just thinking of like in the book of Acts, and seen as Paul travels around. Now again, like Paul, the former persecutor, right? The former murderer of Christians. Um, so already we get some of these ideas here. The former enemy, lowercase e of Christians, is now an apostle. When does he flee? When does he not? When does he stay? When is he snuck out in a basket through a window? And yeah, when when do you go up against uh, you know the magistrates and kind of hold your ground? And and when do you not? And yeah, it's it's all over the place in the book. And trying to figure out what's the best way forward, uh, and in all honesty, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world that needs to hear the gospel, that's that's what a tough task that has been placed upon the 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 armies of the church. So, how do you get to Christ in your sermon? Coming out of that messiness of recognizing who is the enemy, capital E, and also recognizing who is not our enemy, it still makes the days difficult. The suffering is present. The so what do I do in the next encounter or situation? And thankfully, the son of David is victorious. Just as David was victorious over Goliath, uh, the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, is victorious over the real enemy. And he's still victorious today, crucified, risen from the dead. And because Jesus has won, the devil's lost his power. And his threats are empty. And because Jesus has won, can we go about dealing with those Saul-like figures in our lives? Yeah, and it's going to be messy, and there'll be moments where maybe I should have gone about that differently, or I don't know, and what does faithfulness look like in this moment? But we can engage in that messiness because 
there's nothing unclear about the fact that Christ is one. And the king will return and put all things to rights. And there's a good comfort in that. And I, and I love that this is how we are beginning the Lenten season. You know, as we know, things are going to get really dire when we get to the death of Christ. Yet we even know here, it's going to be okay. Everything is set right in him. Yeah, and I would just add on to that. Not only is everything going to be okay, but it is okay now, too. Yes. So I don't know, just holding both of those tensions that, yes, our future is set. But even now, this is our reality that the son of David has come. And like you mentioned in, in the season of Lent, um, it's it's going down a dark road, right? We're um, about to journey with our Lord um, to the cross. Uh, but in that suffering, um, there is life now. And that's that's the same thing for us now. Even in the midst of this conflict with one another, even when it feels like they're our enemies or the devil appears to be winning, um, that is not the case. That's not the truth that we can cling to. Maybe this would be an appropriate way to close. Uh, Philippians chapter 1. Paul's letter to the Philippians is uh, a wonderful, wonderful text. And it's also known as one of his prison letters. He's writing from prison. And he says this, chapter 1, starting at verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, his imprisonment, has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that... I rejoice. I think that's a great verse to end on. Thank you, Pastor. Well, this wraps up our episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. And you can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thanks, Deacon. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.